Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. It's January 29th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Right Report, your daily news podcast. I've got two big briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, America's southern border under assault and under the microscope this morning. I've got four updates for you that came in over the weekend, including details on a new Senate deal and why Donald Trump is trying to sink it. Second, updates from the Middle East, including multiple attacks on U.S. forces that have resulted in the deaths of at least three men. We'll talk about what happened, plus why the U.S. response against Iran, the culprit in this case, has been so restrained to date. Well, it has to do with presidential politics. I've got the latest on all of that in just a bit. Later, three listener questions for you today, including how I decide what sensitive information to share with you and whether or not I have to get the approval of the CIA. Also, a listener question today from a nine-year-old, Mr. Oliver. He wants to know about spy gadgets, and I've got a good story for you, Oliver. It involves a smelly shoe. But first, let's get to our top stories of the morning. A busy weekend for the growing debate over America's southern border. It is a border under assault and under the microscope this morning. So let's talk about why. First, we got December's official numbers on the illegals crossing over. It is another new record, 302,000, give or take. That does not include the tens of thousands of gotaways, nor does it count the illegals who crossed over our border with Canada. So to put these latest numbers into context, the historical average of illegals that were arrested or encountered from 2010 to 2020, that was about 350,000 each year. We are now getting that number in about one month. And a majority of those illegals, folks, continue to be single adults and largely men. Data from December show that Mexican illegal men were the greatest number arrested. That was followed by Venezuelan, Guatemalan, Honduran, and Colombian. You may be interested to know that there were about 6,000 Chinese nationals arrested, mostly at the border nearest San Diego. To that point, an increasing number of illegals are avoiding southern Texas and instead pushing northwest. For example, Tucson sector that covers most of Arizona, they had 80,000 arrests. Meanwhile, Del Rio in Texas had 71,000. In a distant third place was the traditionally favored route in the Rio Grande Valley further to the south. That vector is now falling out of favor, mostly because of growing cartel violence. And I am horrified to say this mass rape amongst those thugs as they compete for turf. Next this morning, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has responded to those rumors that came out over the weekend that the White House might federalize or take over his National Guard's troops. As listeners know, that is because he continues to install border wire and occupy a state park, which the White House argues is being done in violation of a recent Supreme Court decision. 
Well, Governor Abbott disagrees with the White House. And as for those rumors about him losing his guardsmen to a Biden takeover, well, he said late Friday this, quote, Well, first, I would be shocked if Biden did it. That would be a boneheaded move on his part, a total disaster. But we are prepared in the event that the unlikely event does occur, and we will make sure that we will be able to continue exactly what we have been doing over the past month, and that is building these barriers, end quote. Meanwhile, as Governor Abbott defends his state, there is a trickle of material support coming in from his fellow Republican governors. For instance, Idaho's governor said he would send two teams of Idaho State Police to help out. That's about 10 people. Other governors have noted their past support of Texas, like Virginia's governor saying that he has provided 100 soldiers and airmen. But as of this recording, there has been no material increase of either men or material to the state of Texas by these various Republican governors, mostly just words of support or modest crates of things like wire. Third, we head to Washington, D.C. this morning, where House Republicans have unveiled impeachment articles against Mr. Biden's Secretary of Homeland Security, Mr. Alejandro Mayorkas. The first impeachment article accuses Mr. Mayorkas of either failing to implement U.S. immigration law or circumventing that law by releasing or paroling migrants directly into the U.S. They say that he should instead be detaining or deporting those illegals as the law requires, but he's not. Mr. Mayorkas counters that, look, Congress, he says, has never fully funded all the facilities and the beds that he would need to house the upwards of 10,000 migrants a day. So he says he has to release all of these illegals. Well, for what it is worth, Republicans contest this view from Mr. Mayorkas, and here's why. And I'll tell you, this is very important, ladies and gentlemen. They say that DHS and the president do not need these extra beds or facilities, and that is because they have the authority to block all migrants for any reason for as long as they want. It is based on a 1952 law called the Immigration and Nationality Act, or INA, Specifically, there is a provision, it is called 212F, and that authorizes the president to, quote, suspend the entry of all aliens or any class of aliens whose entry the president finds would be detrimental to the interests of the United States, end quote. For what it's worth, the Supreme Court ruled back in June of 2018 that Republicans are correct in this reading and that assessment that Biden or any president can shut down the border for whatever reason and for whatever period of time. And if you're interested in reading up on that, you sure should. The Congressional Research Service has written extensively on this. Links for it are in the transcript. Meanwhile, the second article of impeachment accuses uh, Mr. Mayorkas of lying to Congress and obstructing congressional oversight because they claim he lied when he said that the border was secure and that DHS had operational control of the border. To that, Mr. Mayorkas and DHS says, well, okay, it's technically true that they do not have operational control of the border, at least as defined under federal law, and that's because the law of operational control means zero illegals coming into the U.S. But Mr. Mayorkas and DHS say that no one has been able to achieve operational control of the border. No previous administration has ever been able to do it. 
Well, regardless, we can expect that issue and those debates to rage this week in Washington, D.C. and beyond. House Speaker Mike Johnson has said that the articles of impeachment will be reviewed in committee starting tomorrow and then face a vote by the full chamber as early as this week. If impeached, Mr. Mayorkas would then go on trial in the Senate where he would face possible removal from his role. That is unlikely. Democrats control the Senate and are not likely to remove one of their own. Speaking of the Senate, that takes us to the fourth and final update about immigration that we got over the weekend. There is a new Senate deal on how to handle this crisis or invasion, depending on your perspective. Although exact details are only trickling out this morning, we have learned a few key things over the weekend, all as reported by the Wall Street Journal, CNN, Fox News, and a slew of others. So first, we learned that this Senate deal would require that the United States allow up to 5,000 illegal migrants a day. There is some suggestion that asylum requirements for those 5,000 would be tightened up, resulting in more automatic rejections at the border, but that is unclear in no small part because those asylum requirements have in the past been manipulated by immigration attorneys and activist groups. So that history is leading House and Senate Republicans to be a little bit suspicious of this idea or claim of tighter asylum rules. Second, the deal allows for a president to continue to use humanitarian parole. We've spoken about that over the past month or so. Allegedly, this newly defined parole would be more limited in some way. Details on that are a bit fuzzy. Third, the illegals who do gain entry would get faster access to jobs if they want one. Instead of having to wait for 180 days, they could get work permits in 90 days or less. There would also be more work visas for a whole range of other people, including some visitors. Finally, there's more money for 55,000 new detention beds to be housed at facilities along the border, along with more border guards, immigration judges, and lawyers. Those lawyers would be uh, provided for at least the illegal children who cross over alone. So those are the four key parts of this emerging deal, with more details certainly to come this week. But just based on that outline, we are getting very mixed reactions so far from Washington, D.C. For instance, the White House has been absolutely gleeful about this. Mr. Biden said that he would sign it immediately. Quote, it'll give me as president the emergency authority to shut down the border until it could get back under control. If that bill were the law today, I would shut down the border right now and fix it quickly, end quote. Although just to be very clear, folks, he already has that emergency authority. As I shared with you, the 1952 law makes that very clear, along with that Supreme Court ruling back in 2018. But nevertheless, Mr. Biden and Democrats are largely happy with this bill coming out of the Senate, which, of course, codifies that, that uh, America will accept 5,000 illegals a day. Meanwhile, Republicans are less impressed. Senator Ted Cruz of Texas, for example, he called this Senate deal, quote, a stinking pile of crap, end quote. House Speaker Mike Johnson was a little bit more delicate. He said that the bill is dead on arrival in his chamber. He instead pointed to the previous passage of something called House Resolution 2. Republicans say that that is far stronger if the goal is to gain operational control of the border with zero illegals. Finally, Donald Trump is weighing in. The presumptive Republican nominee for the presidency said, quote, as the leader of our party, 
There is zero chance that I will support this horrible open borders betrayal of America. A lot of senators are trying to say that if the bill fails, they're going to blame it on me. And I say, that's okay. Please blame it on me. Please. End quote. So those are the blizzard of faction data from over the weekend about the border crisis or invasion or whatever word you'd like to use. Let me pivot now to offer my analysis and opinion. First, folks, this Senate bill is not necessary. If the real desire is to gain operational control of the border, in other words, zero illegals, that can be accomplished with that 1950s law. That assessment has been confirmed by the Supreme Court. That is not my opinion. It is also true that a president could declare martial law in the counties along the border with Mexico until operational control were secured. In fact, martial law has been declared 68 times in U.S. history for a variety of reasons. So for whatever you might hear this week or in the weeks to come about this, this particular bill is not necessary. Biden could shut down the border today using the authorities he has today. And there is zero debate about that. Factually, legally, constitutionally, zero debate. But for argument's sake, let's play along with some of the phrasing and wording and messaging in the media and the White House. And let's just say that this bill passes and Biden gets these powers. First question for you. He promises that he will shut down the border. My question for you is, do you believe him? Because, again, he and his team certainly know that constitutionally he could shut this problem down right now with this use of INA. So why would we believe he would shut down the border in the future when he has chosen not to do it in the past? Moreover, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Biden has massively abused humanitarian parole, as I briefed you on previously. Hundreds of thousands of people are here using this old law that was supposed to be used in isolated cases for extraordinary circumstances. We're talking handful of cases, not 30,000 people a month as, as is being done right now. If I could put this a little bit differently, Mr. Biden and his party have a clear record of opening the border, not closing it, and that is on purpose because that is the policy goal of Mr. Biden's party. It wants more migrants, not fewer. In fact, you might recall Representative Jerry Nadler of New York. He recently said that we need illegals because they pick our vegetables. Other Democrats say that we need illegals to boost our population numbers. We covered those and other rationales back on December 27th, if you missed that episode. But here's the point. Democrats want either open borders or more migration as a matter of policy. So I ask you once again, Do you believe that a man and his party will shut down the border knowing that their party platform and their policies are to open it? Well, I don't buy it. And I say that as a former Democrat that was a Democrat for 20 years. But that is, in fact, what we are all being asked to do this morning, believe something that seems quite absurd. Second, we have an issue of accounting. And here's what I mean. The pending Senate law says that if the number of illegals gets to 5,000, the president or the secretary of DHS can lock down the border for a short period of time. Okay, but who's doing the counting of the illegals? And how reliable or nonpartisan are those counters? Because it opens up the real possibility that a partisan president of either party cooks the books to tinker with the border. And to be clear, we are already seeing this administration do that. 
They're cooking the books on the job numbers. As I shared with you last Wednesday, the Biden administration has overstated the job numbers in this country by about half a million, in fact, and then they revised them down long after the fact. And that tendency to have a partisan oopsie, that is not just about Biden or Democrats. That is true about all politicians. They play games. And that has a horrific set of consequences when you start playing games at the border. Which takes me to my final piece of analysis and opinion. On September 11th, thousands of your fellow Americans died because 19 men flew planes into buildings and a field in Pennsylvania. 19 men. This bill allows for 5,000 men to come in each and every day, unvetted, from nations like China. Say nothing of Arab countries or those with radical Islamic beliefs. So 5,000 men a day will now be acceptable policy for the nation when we know it took 19 men to launch this country into a 20-year-long war costing trillions of dollars and killing thousands of people here and hundreds of thousands abroad. So does that make sense from a national security perspective, allowing in five illegals a day, knowing what 19 men did previously? Well, folks, you don't need to be a former CIA officer to know that it does not make sense and that this bill is a disaster for our national security. And the politicians in D.C., they know this. And it appears as though they are willing to risk another 9-11. But for what? To pick more vegetables? Or maybe to pick up more house seats from the census that gets taken every 10 years that includes these illegals? So that's what's going on, and that is grotesque. But that's the state of our political class this morning, with some Republicans joining virtually all Democrats. And that's why I agree wholeheartedly with Senator Cruz. This bill and our leaders in D.C. are just piles of stinking crap. And I, for one, am very glad that Trump is trying to torpedo this bill. And I hope the Democrats like Bobby Kennedy Jr. join him or Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, because this should not be about politics. It should be about protecting the nation. And as ever, and to just emphasize, we can do this by locking down the border right now using the INA law from 1952 to block all incoming migrants. We can then deport every illegal that we can get our hands on, and they can apply for asylum or citizenship back at a U.S. embassy or consulate back home. But they should not be allowed to show up at our border unwelcome and unvetted, and we shouldn't reward that behavior by letting in 5,000 a day, because that is not an immigration policy, my friends. That is a death wish. And with that, Let us take our first break of the morning. For subscribers listening at rightreport.substack.com, thank you. It is you and your financial support that are keeping this podcast alive. Meanwhile, for my other loyal listeners, I thank you as well. I encourage you to do your part this morning and support the companies that support me. You will hear about them shortly. We'll be right back. Folks, for over 230 years, my family of farmers and ranchers have worked the fields and logged the mountains of America. And while doing it, we've come up with a family motto. We call it Right Country. It's about creating a family and community that take pride in things like hard work, good living, and love of the nation. And fueling that family motto each morning is our new daily tradition. It's a cup of Right Country coffee. I am so proud to introduce this to you. It's been created by my favorite company, the one and only Wacker Coffee Company. It has a a natural taste of chocolate, almonds, brown sugar, although I should tell you, 
Nothing has been added to this. That is just how the beans properly taste when properly roasted. And that is why it has become my family's daily workhorse, whether that be in the fields or in the mountains or at the office. So do yourself a favor. Go to WackerCoffeeCo.com. That's W-A-C-K-E-R, WackerCoffeeCo.com. And look for the right country blend. For my paid subscribers, you will get 15% off your order. Just use the promo code that you will find in my daily Substack post. But whether you are a paid subscriber or not, you gotta taste my family's personal roast. Taste Right Country from WackerCoffeeCo.com. And as you do, my friends, think of me and know that you are part of my family. You are part of Right Country. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our news this morning with a pivot towards international developments. And we start with the heaviest and hardest news of all. At least three U.S. military personnel are dead this morning, the victims of a kamikaze or suicide drone attack in the Middle East. Those men, plus over 30 others who were injured, were assaulted in the country of Jordan at our base that is called Tower 22, which supported operations in the neighboring country of Syria. The number of injured is expected to rise with a range of wounds that include traumatic brain injuries or TBIs. As of this early hour, it appears that the drones were fired by Iranian-backed terrorists in Syria, striking the living quarters of the men who were stationed there. Air defenses were at the facility, but it appears, like previous attacks, in fact, just one week ago, that not all the drones were stopped. It is now the 159th attack, at least, of our troops in the Middle East. Those have mostly been in Iraq and Syria, and mostly by drones or missiles. Virtually all have been carried out by Iran or one of its terror proxy groups like Hezbollah, the Houthis, or assorted Islamic jihadists. I should note, however, that the Pentagon said just last week that these attacks were really just business as usual, no escalation, and they're not that bad. Deputy Pentagon Press Secretary Sabrina Singh was asked whether the Secretary of Defense believed that Iranian proxies were stepping up their attacks on U.S. forces, and she said in response, quote, no, not necessarily, no, end quote. Well, that is obviously not true this morning. Secretary Austin, in fact, is admitting as much. He said that he was saddened, outraged, and that, quote, the president and I will not tolerate these attacks on American forces, end quote. Although that has not been true for the 159 other attacks, but they are promising this morning a, a bigger response of some kind, either at uh, some hour today or throughout this week. Although they did add that they will be very careful 
as they respond, not to escalate. To confirm that, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, a fellow named C.Q. Brown, said that the goal of Mr. Biden and Secretary Lloyd Austin is to, quote, deter the Iranians, but we don't want to go down a path of greater escalation, end quote. Well, it appears as though the Iranians have already committed to that escalation, no matter that the White House and the Pentagon believe otherwise. And to that end, we've got our second Middle East update this morning. Iranian-backed Houthis fired anti-ship missiles at the USS Kearney late Friday. Our sailors were able to shoot those down, thank God, but they were unable to prevent a Houthi attack on an oil tanker. It was carrying Russian crude. The ship, which is called the Marlin Luanda, took a direct hit on a cargo tank on the starboard side. The crew rushed to extinguish the fire that resulted. They were able to put it out safely. A Houthi spokesman said that they launched that attack on that tanker in response to, quote, the injustice against the Palestinian people and as a response to the American-British aggression on our country, end quote. The Houthis clearly did not mind that the oil in that tanker was Russian or even perhaps a Chinese product, and that is leading Beijing for the first time to directly speak to Tehran and demand that they roll back or otherwise minimize terror operations in the Red Sea. Reuters News Service reported over the weekend that communist officials told Iranian leaders that, quote, if our interests are harmed in any way, it will impact our business with Tehran. So tell the Houthis to show restraint, end quote. And that will come as welcome news to the Biden White House According to Axios and Politico, Biden's team recognizes that the U.S. no longer has the influence it once did in the Middle East and that China has far greater reach in places like Iran. In fact, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan and other Biden officials have been pressing China to do more in the Middle East, though so far Beijing hasn't gone quite as far as the White House has requested. And that takes us to our third and final update out of the Middle East. The White House has cut off funding to the United Nations office that oversees humanitarian aid to the Palestinians. And that is because the UN office has been found to be a, a host or a cover provider for Palestinian terrorists. Late last week, Israeli officials provided the UN's Agency for Palestinian Refugees with irrefutable evidence that at least 12 of those UN employees were either Hamas terrorists or facilitated the Hamas terror attacks on October 7th. For what it's worth, Israel has long accused this UN outfit that is called RWA of being a terror front or facilitating attacks against the Jewish state. Those accusations from Israel have long been ignored, but this latest evidence was too firm and utterly undeniable. In response to this intel, Western countries have shut off their financial support of this RWA, at least for now. That includes the US, UK, and eight other countries from around the world. The timing of this is quite awkward for the White House. Just three weeks ago, White House spokesman John Kirby vigorously defended the RWA, saying that, quote, they do great work in Gaza, end quote. Mr. Kirby was offering that rebuttal as he was facing criticism uh, for Mr. Biden's authorization of $700 million of your taxpayer money to be given to this UN group, ostensibly to provide assistance to the Palestinian people. At the time, House, uh, House and Senate Republicans were saying that the money was being used not for humanitarian aid, but to support terror operations, at least in some cases. And as it turns out, they were right. 
For what it's worth, uh, President Donald Trump, when he was president, he actually cut funding to this RWA. Mr. Biden, however, restored it. Also, for what it's worth, the U.N. Secretary General is promising a full investigation into this matter. Meanwhile, his RWA chief was very appalled by this embrace of terror, but he blasted the decision by these Western countries to cut off his funding. He said that that was shocking, irresponsible, and will harm Palestinians as they seek to just get their basic needs. He added that 12 or so Hamas terrorists who are working for the U.N., that's just a drop in the bucket of the 13,000 paid U.N. employees that provide basic services to the Palestinian people. So those are the latest facts and data out of the Middle East this morning, shared with a heavy, heavy heart as we remember the three men who were killed and the dozens injured. Let me offer you my analysis and opinion. Some of you may be wondering why the White House wants to avoid escalation, even when Iran has already decided to escalate, because that seems... Oh, I don't know. Absurd, contradictory, illogical, nonsensical. Yes, all of that seems to be true. But maybe this next set of news stories will help you better understand what's really going on. Based on reporting from Axios News and others, Mr. Biden spoke with Israeli's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu last week. In a call, Mr. Biden said that the Israelis had to wrap up their military operations in the Gaza Strip sooner rather than later. And that came as a very unwelcome message to Mr. Netanyahu because he has been saying that the war would probably last at least another year, to which Mr. Biden said, absolutely not. And he repeated what he shared two weeks ago, that he was running out of patience with Mr. Netanyahu. So here's the reason. Mr. Biden said to his advisors that he wants this war over by November's U.S. presidential election. As reported by Axios and others, He needs what we might call the pro-Hamas wing of his party to win in places like Michigan. And that will not happen with headlines and pictures of the war and the Gaza Strip blasting out each day from now through November. So the message from the White House to Israel is very, very clear. Wrap up this war. In other words, my friends, the White House has decided that they are not going to strike back against the Iranians with any real consequence, at least as of this moment, because they believe that it would jeopardize Mr. Biden's re-election campaign. And if that means that our soldiers or Marines, airmen or sailors have to die or face greater risk of death, then I am mortified to say that Mr. Biden and his campaign team say, so be it. He cannot risk further angering his otherwise pro-Hamas or pro-radical Islam base of voters. So that is the sorry state of things this morning. And it's why... There are three dead U.S. service members, over 30 injured, and we can reasonably say probably more deaths to come. So if you're looking to understand this moment of U.S. history, well, there it is. While the White House did not guide the suicide drones into Tower 22 or any of these other 159 attacks, they certainly did nothing to stop it. And now you know why. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of the right report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. We'll be right back. My friends, for the past few months, you have heard me talk about Jace Medical. It's the company that provides you medication for emergency use like antibiotics. Also, they get you backup prescriptions for things like cholesterol, diabetes, and blood pressure. And here's why I love Jace Medical so much. 
if you are a farming or a ranching family or you live in the back 40, it is pretty tough to get a hold of a doctor, to travel to the appointment, get the prescription, you fill it and so forth. But with Jace Medical, all you have to do is fill out a simple online form and in some cases have a quick call with one of their board certified physicians. And then you get the medication right in the mail. You also get ongoing care from Jace Physicians about any treatment-related questions, which is fantastic. In other words, folks, you get peace of mind, you get convenience, and you get an emergency supply of medicines no matter where you are. And that is great for a lot of people, rural families, folks who are traveling, or those of us who might be a little bit anxious these days about our unpredictable world, and you might prefer to have an emergency supply of medicines on hand. And that's kind of smart. So do what I've done. Go to jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Enter that promo code right. W-R-I-G-H-T is the spelling. And when you do, you will get a right report discount. Again, my friends, go to jacemedical.com, promo code right, and get the supply of medicines you need, folks, shipped straight to your door. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. It's a series of quick listener questions sent to us from my paid subscribers at rightreport.substack.com. Jeremy from somewhere in America, he wrote in saying, Brian, I became a paid subscriber this morning, which I was happy to do. I, I hadn't done it before because while I hate ads, I'm pretty good with the skip forward button. But it turns out that listening to your show without having to hover my thumb over that skip forward button, that was a refreshing experience. Well worth the 30 cents per show. Well, Jeremy, thank you and congratulations to you and your thumb. I hope you both get some well-deserved rest. By the way, no one has ever broken down that cost for me. And I, I should have thought about it before. 30 cents a show is all? That's a good deal. Man, I feel like... I feel like one of those kids uh, in those ads back in the 1980s, you know, where the gal says, for just 30 cents a day, you can feed a starving podcast host. So, Jeremy, thank you. I am less starving with your 30 cents a day. Next up, Todd from somewhere in America. He had this great question. Brian, when deliberating which information you can share with us, what guides you in that process in terms of agreements that you've signed with the CIA about non-disclosures, or instead, is it just personal judgment? And do you ever have to contact attorneys or get other resources to help you decide? So these are great questions, uh, because it is true. Uh, I do know a lot of really interesting secret stuff in my head, plus the stuff that I learned from my sources. And you are correct, Todd, to, to say that I, I have signed a lifetime agreement to keep stuff secret. But as it turns out, that agreement can get a little bit um, fuzzy. So let me give you an example. Years ago, I wanted to write about North Korea and go on TV and talk about it. And North Korea is a subject that I know well. So I submitted some documentation to what is called the Publication Review Board, or PRB. It's called something else now, a new acronym. But the point is... They looked at it and they cleared it within a day. And that happened so quickly because I used discernment. I knew what was appropriate to share and what was not. So I wrote accordingly and wonderfully, they just pushed it right on through. But here's where it gets fun. A couple of weeks later, the CIA contacted me and to paraphrase, they said 
that I had shared sensitive or classified information about North Korea, which was in violation of my lifelong secrecy agreement. I replied that they had already granted me the opportunity to share that information. I then gave them their own documentation and then they disappeared. I didn't hear back because obviously they were wrong. But what that told me was that there were and are eyes and ears at the CIA that do not like me and continue to monitor me. And that's fine. That's why I have paid subscribers that give me six bucks a month to afford a good attorney. Thank you. But anyway, I will say this. Imagine if I had collected or emailed out a bunch of classified information about North Korea and I hadn't even tried to get any approval of any kind, say like mm, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, or former CIA director David Petraeus. They kept that stuff in their garages or homebrew servers or their personal journals. Well, if that were me, I would be in jail faster than you can snap your fingers and rightfully so. But that's not how it's supposed to be. Rules and laws should be applied to all of us equally, but they're not. Just for little people like you and me, we're the ones that face repercussions. The fancy people, they solved their problems with very, very expensive lawyers. And I think in one case, some cheap hammers. Yeah, I'm talking about you, Hillary Clinton. <clears throat> anyway, moving on. Finally, a very sweet email from my big man, Mr. Oliver. He is nine years old. He says he is excellent at karate. And he has asked me this question through his mother, Sarah. Brian, what is the coolest spy gadget that you got to play with at the CIA? My buddy Oliver, awesome question. I got to use all sorts of very fun stuff, clothes, disguises, electronics, plus some stuff that you would find in your house that actually had some secret gadgetry inside of it, super fun. But while I can't tell you details, I have an awesome story to tell you about this, generally speaking, but you're gonna have to keep this very secret because the CIA is listening. So this is just between you, me, and the thousands of other people listening. So Oliver, picture this. I'm sitting down with a foreign source, uh, which we would call an asset or an agent or a spy. But anyway, he asked me a question kind of like yours. He asked if he would ever get to use any of these you know, fun gadgets. And I said he already was. And he looked very confused. So I pulled off my shoe and I said, inside of this shoe is a hidden microphone, a hidden camera, and a hidden GPS device. It also detects heartbeats and breathing patterns. So if it senses that I'm in danger, my CIA colleagues will come save me. And Oliver, his eyes got so big, he couldn't believe how cool it was. In fact, at one point, I asked him a question and he started to respond, but I said, stop. And I put my shoe closer to his face and I said, can you speak into the mic? I, I want to get the words just right. And he was so, so very impressed. But Oliver, I played a little trick on him because my spy shoe was just my normal shoe. Now, I tell you that I, I did this and I want to explain it uh, uh, why. Uh, first, well, I'm kind of naughty, so I love a good prank. But second, Oliver, I did this because I wanted him to believe that I was a superhero. Because once he believed that, it meant that I had total control of this man and the operation. And that was the goal. Because sometimes this guy liked to do crazy things and that would get us both in trouble. So when I became a superhero in his eyes, 
with this fake uh, spy shoe, I established control and he followed my direction. So there you go, Oliver. It is a lesson that sometimes you don't need any special gadgets to be a good spy. Just some creativity and a slightly smelly shoe. In fact, try that with your mom. Here's what I want you to do. Run around the yard for two, three hours and then take your shoe off and and ask her to speak into it. That'll be a lot of fun. (laughs) By the way, mom, you're welcome. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply.